welcome to the Excuse My African podcast. My name is Stella Damasis and I am your host. Join me as I take you on a journey through the eyes of a misrepresented and misunderstood African girl abroad. In this episode, I will talk about Margaret Igbo. Growing up in Nigeria, Africa, um, as a little girl going to school, you know, we learned a lot of things in history and all of that. But um, unfortunately, some of us, okay, let me speak for myself. <laughs> some of us do not remember a lot of things. Some of us didn't pay attention to some particular things and some particular people. So when they ask us about the history of Nigeria and those who made a remarkable impact, we just have like three to four names, but the rest of them we don't remember. And as I was thinking about the next topic to do for Excuse My African, I thought, look, who are those women who shaped the Nigeria that, you know, we got to know? Who are those women who stood for something? Who are those women who became the heroes of our time, you know? Um, I, I was just thinking and I'm like, wait, there's a name that I remember. But I doubt I remember much about her. So I started asking people around me. I asked everybody that I know had done what we call social studies in Nigerian schools. And I'm like, do you know Margaret Igbo? They're like, yeah, I know Margaret Igbo. I'm like, who is she? And then you hear, um, she, um, she, she's in history. I'm like, yeah, she's in our history books, but who is she? And not a lot of people could remember the exact things that she did or who she really was. But we know that name. And we know that she was an important figure in Nigeria, in the growth of Nigeria. So I decided, you know what, let me just pull up some things about her, put it together and share it with you. Because this is also a learning curve for me. It's a reminder for me as well. And for those who don't know much about the women who shaped Nigeria, Margaret Igbo was one of them. So I'm going to talk to you about her right now. Margaret Igbo was born on the 27th of July, 1914, into the family of Iyang Eyo Anyemewe from the royal stock of King Eyo Onestri II and Okorafo Obiasulo, native of Agulu Uzoibo, near Oka in Anambra State. She reached Standard 6 of the School Living Certificate in 1934, but she could not further her education to secondary school um, because she lost her father the same year. She also wanted to attend a teacher training college, but she couldn't. It was put on hold. So she started working as a pupil teacher in elementary school. Margaret Anyemewe, which is her um, maiden name, got married to Dr. John Igbo in 1938. And she became Margaret Igbo. You see, I didn't even know that part. <laughs> I just thought she just came out and was born as Margaret Igbo. I didn't realize she was married to a John Igbo. Okay. Now, after their wedding, both of them moved to Abba. She died on the 21st of September 2006 at the age of 92 at the University of Calabar Teaching Hospital. And um, I'm going to tell you the story before her death. I just wanted you to know that she had the opportunity to study abroad at what is now the Dublin Institute of Technology later on in life in 1946. Um, she earned a diploma in domestic science. And on her return to Nigeria, she established a domestic science and sewing institute in Aba. Now, let's talk about her career, which is very important. She was a woman's rights activist, a member of the Regional House of Assembly. In 1945, she started becoming involved in politics after her husband became 
dissatisfied with colonial administration's treatment of indigenous Nigerian doctors at the Abad General Hospital. As a civil servant, he was unable to do much. He couldn't attend meetings organized to discuss the discrimination and fight the cultural and racial imbalance. So his wife, Margaret, went on his behalf and then attended the political rally at which she was the only woman. So because her husband was a civil servant, he couldn't go. So she went on his behalf. And that's how this whole political thing with her started. She heard speeches by Herbert Macaulay, Namdi Azikiwe, and Mazim Bonu Ojike. These are all notable figures in Nigerian history, urging Nigerians to claim their independence from Great Britain and took up the nationalist struggle. Margaret Ekbo set about devising ways to encourage women in Aba to participate political rallies. She wanted them to be a part of the rallies, be a part of the politics, be a part of the decision making. She didn't just want women to sit down because she got an awakening. She was woke at those meetings. She tried to get more women to join the Aba Market Women Association so that she could pass on information from meetings to them. Margaret Ekbo was very strategic, very intelligent. But their husbands were reluctant to allow this. Now, after the World War II, salt was difficult to get a hold of. And Margaret Igbo used this to her advantage. She bought all the bags of salt, giving her control of its sales, and then ordered that only women who were members of the association could buy the salt. If you were not a member of the association that she was setting up, you cannot buy the salt. Assault was a necessary item. All the men had to allow their wives to register to be part of the association. And she wanted to use the association as a political tool. And now that is very smart. So in 1946, Margaret husband was taken to Ireland, Dublin, for medical attention. And uh, Margaret used her time there to study for a diploma in domestic economics, which she received in 1948 for the Rathman School of Domestic Economics in Dublin. Um, it's now the Dublin Institute of Technology. On their return to Nigeria, she founded a domestic science institute in Aba, Abia State. She trained girls in dressmaking and home economics at the institute. She continued her activism, and by the end of the 40s, she had organized a market women association in Aba to unionize women in the city. The organization promoted female solidarity as a way to fight for the economic rights of women and to expand their political rights. She also joined the National Council of Nigeria and the Cameroons, NCNC, to fight for decolonization. Now, talk about women who matter, you know? Because in this time we live in the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement, the, the Child Not Bride, the Let Girls Learn, everything that has to do with female emancipation, female empowerment, female activism. These are the women that we should never forget. The reason I got interested in people like her and um, Fumilayo Ransom Kuti and some other people was because somebody called me an African feminist. Before I reacted, I wanted to be sure that it was a name that was okay, <laughs> you know? So I looked it up and I realized, well, okay, that's fine. I don't mind being called an African feminist because when I look at the women who were African feminists in their time, I'm extremely honored to even be called what they were referred to as. Okay, so that's why I'm talking about her and other women I'm going to be talking to you guys about so many things that we need to know about Africa and how we became Africa, the Africa of today, so that people stop talking about Africa only after the slave trade. We are more than the slave stories. We are more than that.
Okay, let me let me get on with my story. In 1949, Margaret joined Fumilayo Ransom Kuti. Some people don't know that's Fela's mom, the popular musician Fela Kuti. So she joined Fumilayo Ransom Kuti in protesting the killings of leaders protesting colonial practices at an Enugu coal mine. They organized a day of mourning for the victims and were able to draw international attention to the incident. Apo made a speech at the event and was subsequently arrested and threatened with deportation. The women of Abba were outraged and threatened to set the town ablaze. I mean, <laughs> talk about women handling things. You know, they were ready. And they wanted to do that so that they would release Margaret Aikbo. During their time together, Aikbo and Ransom Kuti discussed the need for women's involvement in politics. And together they went on to tour the southeastern region to encourage women to engage in politics. Talking about women supporting women, not just in uh, domestic matters, but in politics, which is something that is not really happening today. This is what our ancestors did. This is what our mothers did to shape Nigeria and make it stand, you know. And without the help of these women, Nigeria would not be where it is today. So I'm wondering why, you know, more people all over the world cannot take this as an example and just support each other. It is very important because when women come together with one voice, amazing things can happen. In 1953, Igbo was nominated by the NGNC to the Regional House of Chiefs. And in 1954, she established the Abba Township Women's Association, which she was able to turn into a political pressure group. A year later, women in Abba outnumbered male voters in a citywide election. In 1960, Igbo became the president of the NCNC's Women's Wing after the previous president, Flora Namdi Azikiwe, became the first lady. Together, Ebo and the First Lady have been responsible for the formation of the NCNC's Women's Wing. Ebo led women in canvassing for party candidates across the country, forming a formidable campaign team. Now, I can go on and on. She won a seat in the Eastern Regional House of Assembly. She became the first Abba woman in this position. She was able to use her position to continue to fight for issues affecting women, including the progress of women in economic and political matters, and improving infrastructure so that it was easier for them to travel to markets. And she was the Nigerian representative in Interparliamentary Union Conference in 1964, um, representing Nigeria everywhere she went to. She, gosh, it, it is a lot. I'm looking at all she did and I'm like, geez, how many of us women in the world of today can stand for something and see it through regardless of the beating, the embarrassment, the arrest, the threats, everything. She spent her own money to make sure that women's rights was respected. She got women into politics. She got women to ask for what they wanted. She was so strong and there's so much more that you need to do. What I'm doing, I'm not trying to tell you everything that you need to know about her because there's so much. What I'm doing is sparking up a conversation. What I'm doing is reminding you about Margaret Aikbo so you don't forget people like her. What I'm doing is introducing you to people that you may not even have heard of. And I'm encouraging you to go to Google, buy books, Look for stuff, look for things, resources that can tell you about Margaret Aikbo, Fumilayo Ransom Kuti, Flora Namdi Azikiwe, Queen Idia, Queen Amina, 
a lot of these people, a lot of women who were strong in female activism, in empowering women, in emancipating women, in putting women in the economic front, in politics and all of that. And I'm so glad to be a descendant of these black, strong African queens who pushed against the odds to stand firm and demand for their rights, you know. So I'm too excited. There's so many beautiful African stories that a lot of people are overlooking. People don't pay attention to our stories. And talking to Africans right now, we have beautiful history. We have content. We have resources. And trust me, people always ask, where do you find these things? Well, we can't find them. No, you're wrong. They're everywhere. There are million and one people who have written books about them. They're on Amazon. There are resources. There's Wikipedia. There's Google. You know, there are articles written by professors who teach African studies, African feminism, African gender, and all of that. There's so many places you can get resources from. It will amaze you, you know, what kind of resource you can find. So you keep yourself informed about who we are as a people and where we should be heading. I hope you enjoy this, you listen to it, you subscribe, you comment, and please share it. Let other people have the information. Share it, share it, share it. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and I hope you'll join me again for the next one. You can contact me via email, excusemyafrican at gmail.com, or visit the website, excusemyafrican.com, for more details. Remember to stay positive and give love. Music